Hello and welcome to the Daily Digest. I'm Ned Keaton. I'm joined this morning by Alex Richards of The Mirror. Alex, we're here to talk Chelsea against Villarreal, obviously in the uh, UEFA Super Cup tomorrow night in Belfast. Obviously, great to see a, a big sporting occasion go to, to one of the uh, the smaller cities in the UK, but a great city nonetheless. I'm sure we both had enjoyable nights in Belfast. And I'm sure Chelsea will hope they can have the same tomorrow night, obviously in that, because they're Champions League winners, obviously beating Man City back in May and I suppose that puts a little bit more pressure on Thomas Tuchel this season obviously went in in January and almost like a firefighter I'd say in a way wasn't it Alex kind of there to kind of steer them back into the Champions League get them back up the table from where they were in the position where Frank Lampard left them languishing a bit in mid-table and he did that he got them into the top four cherry on top was the Champions League but now I think Chelsea fans and the board too are probably going to be hoping for a bit more this season from him yeah certainly and, and I mean if it was any other club you would say he's got a, a, a certain amount of credit in the bank and that winning a Champions League and, and, and the way they climbed the table under him and, and how impressive they actually were for the large part uh, means that you know he, he will get time and he, and he will be able to to really kick on this season. But this is Chelsea. You know, we know managers don't get the time there. We know that they are, they are always under pressure. There's no, there's no two ways about that. Um, you, you only have to remember the last time they won a Champions League Roberto Di Matteo didn't last very long the following season. Um, and that's that's kind of the way that, that Chelsea work and they've had so much success with it and they have won trophies and you cannot knock it. It, it keeps everybody on their toes there. Um, and, you know, Thomas Tuchel's more than aware of the situation himself because he only got the job because Frank Lampard's kind of stock that he had built in his debut season when everybody was widely praising him when he he had he had impressed under the transfer ban when when he had brought through a, a number of young players he hit that second season and and had a few difficulties after spending a decent amount of money and so Chelsea just got rid and and he's a club legend remember so Thomas Tuchel winning the Champions League doesn't really uh, amount for much when when we consider that what has gone on before and that Chelsea are ruthless in this respect. So he knows that he has to be competing this season. He knows that Chelsea have to be in the Premier League title mix. He knows they have to be going into the Champions League later stages again. Um, and, and on Wednesday night, he knows that he will be expected to deliver that trophy. You know, it's it's not one of Europe's major trophies, of course. It, it's it's in many respects a, a glamour pre-season friendly for some. Um, certainly that's not how Villarreal will see it but it's Thomas Tuchel. He has to hit the ground running again this season. And and hopefully from a Chelsea perspective, that is exactly what he will do because as we, as we all want as, as football fans, we want a Premier League title race this season that is going to be, you know, we want three or four teams challenging. We want Man City, Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, all in contention, all, all vying together. We don't want runaway winners and we, all, and we don't want teams falling by the wayside. So it's it's a it's a good start for Chelsea. It's, it's a game I think that you know it's a short pre-season that everyone's had at the moment, and, it, and it's been largely disrupted because you've got players coming back, and obviously Chelsea haven't got their full contingent yet. Still got an extremely strong squad. So Thomas Duper will will know that he has to, as I have said, hit the ground running. They have to go and just kick on from where they left off last season. By and large, because he came in so late in in January, Thomas Tuchel 
obviously wasn't allowed to, to kind of really add anyone to that squad, had to work with what he had, uh, with what Frank Lampard left him at Chelsea. This summer, different, obviously, uh, can go out and sign players. And, and one player that he looks like he's on the verge of signing um, is Romelu Lukaku on his way back to Chelsea. We spoke about him a bit on yesterday's show um, in terms of what he can bring, why he's going back to Chelsea. Um, but one thing that we didn't really touch on is whether or not he could take him, and sorry, take Chelsea to the next level is... Is he the man that can turn Chelsea into title contenders this season, Alex? It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think Thomas Tuchel kind of got the job because of his coaching ability and, and how good a coach he is. And he spoke when he when he took over that he was just allowed to do what he does best. And that is coach a team, that is get his players on the training ground and organise and, and do that kind of thing. Um, now he is very much banking on Romelu Lukaku to be the man who will turn this side from... Yes, so when the Champions League has a cup competition, it's a, it's a different matter. You know, he's banking on Romelu Lukaku here, turning them into Premier League title contenders again. Um, you know, I'm mirror columnist Stan Collymore has written a very interesting piece um, on Monday for Tuesday's paper about Lukaku and, and about him returning to the club. He doesn't see him as, as the guy that will take Chelsea to the next level. Um, I think... I don't want to say Stan's wrong. I think it's it's an interesting take, certainly, because he has done that at Inter Milan last season. He scored so many crucial goals, so many big goals against Serie A's better side that won key points for Inter as they romped to the title. I think where the difference is here, however, is that Inter took real advantage of Juventus' situation last season. Inter were runaway winners. Um, whereas here, Chelsea are obviously playing that playing catch-up behind Manchester City. Um, so can Lukaku take them to the... What does he need to do to take them to the next level? He needs to score those key goals in those big games. Again, needs to probably hit 25, 30 goals in the Premier League this season. Um, that's going to make a difference because Chelsea, by and large, didn't have that that consistent regular goal scorer. Um, and they didn't... They didn't really have somebody that you could, you could really... Bank on scoring. Um, Timo Werner, you know, difficult first season. I expect him to be a lot better. And I think he will enjoy playing with Lukaku. Um, Kai Havertz came to the fore late in the season. You've also got Mason Mount. Can he get you more goals? Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how, that, how Thomas Tuchel tries to fit all of these guys in because he's used Mason Mount as part of a front three. He's used Kai Havertz as part of a front three. You've also got Christian Pulisic there. You've got Callum Hudson-Odoi as well. You've got so many players all vying for places um, that Lukaku just adds to that. You're not spending $97 million on a guy who's going to be rotated in and out. He's going to play every week. It's, that's, it's that simple. You would expect Kai Havertz will play more this season because he ended, he ended last season so well and, he, and he's really grown in stature. So it's going to be quite the mix and, and whether Lukaku can take them to the next level, ultimately... That's that's where the, the eye is going to be drawn this season. It's going to be drawn on does he do enough? But you can't just focus on him. You have to focus on what the other guys are doing as well. And and will they do enough? Will they step up to the plate as well? Because we have seen in recent years with, with Liverpool and with Manchester City winning titles, the consistency level has to be that high now. You cannot afford to have any real off days. Um, and I think Lukaku feels as though he has unfinished business in the Premier League. I certainly think he thinks he has unfinished business at Chelsea, and and I think that's why he's returning. And I, you know, I kind of admire Chelsea's 
stance in a way that they feel he is the best option for them. And and regardless of what's gone in the past, regardless of them selling him previously, they've just gone out and done it. You know, much was made of Frank Lampard wanting to sign Declan Rice and Chelsea didn't want to, the higher-ups there, didn't want to do that because he had been at Chelsea as a kid and they'd let him go. So they, they were very much against bringing him back, being completely different with Lukaku. Um, and, and you kind of have to admire that, that they've held their hands up and gone, OK, when he was younger, he wasn't quite ready. But now he's the best we can get. They're backing Thomas Tuchel. They're backing Romelu Lukaku to be the guys that can deliver another Premier League title. I think they need to get consistency from other areas of the field as well. They need other guys chipping in more because Lukaku will score goals and he will create goals for others. They need to be more clinical with the likes of Werner, the likes of Havertz, the likes of Pulisic, hudson Adoy, Mount. Those guys need to step up too. Um, if they all do that, then certainly they will be in the mix. Your point there about Declan Rice just reminds me about how bonkers that it was that Frank Lampard wanted to, to sign him to free and go like Kante up to do other things. Imagine that, the best ball winning midfielder in the world and you want him to go and do other things. Um, but that's my view on Frank Lampard and his, and his management style anyway. Um, in terms of Chelsea though, and you kind of touched on it a bit briefly there about saying that other guys need to chip in from elsewhere, but in terms of other transfer deals, it are there other places that, that the squad needs to strengthen in order to, to move up the table or is the best business that they're going to do between now and the end of the window, apart from obviously, you know, confirming Lukaku, is the best business that they can do shipping out some of the deadwood, your likes of, of Emerson Palmieri um, and a few others, you know, potentially obviously Tammy Abraham's being linked with a move to, it looks like Roma, I think it is this morning, is it the latest club who have apparently jumped to the front of the queue for him? I think a new club appears at the top of that list every day, doesn't it? Yeah, I think certainly because Chelsea have struggled to get rid of some of it, of some as you call them, Deadwood. You know, we've seen Ross Barkley for a number of summers has been linked, and they, they could only seal a loan deal to Aston Villa last year. Danny Drinkwater's still there. You know, um, back you're only back. reminded of him by the fact that I was drinking water just a second before yeah. there. You saw me coming yeah. from the club. That's the only way that you remember Danny Drinkwater plays at Chelsea. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> There are so many players that Chelsea have got on the books that you look at them and you think you'll get decent money for them. Well, the market just hasn't been there in recent years and it's, quite frankly, not going to be there this year either. They're going to have to cut their losses on some players. They're going to have to deal in loans again. Um, so what money they can bring in is going to be a bonus. And I think that's going to be the bit that they really look at because I don't see any more real strengthening coming. Perhaps they will get a new centre-half. You know, Jules Koundé from, from Sevilla has, has continually been linked and he seems to be the number one target and they want to get him through the door. That in turn means that, you know, you, you then have to get someone else. Like Kurt Zuma seems to be the guy who will who will depart should Koundé arrive. Um, so I think that's the only other bit of incoming business. And then it is it is very much the outgoings, but as we've said, how do you how do you get rid of players who are on big contracts who you are looking for big money for? If 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 they're happy just to sit on those deals, and and if other clubs just haven't got the finance to pay for them, um, as you've touched on there, Tammy Abraham is obviously the interesting one. He he wants to go and play regular first team football. There looks to be a market for him, although how much leeway is there over a price? Figures such as 40 million have been quoted. Perhaps, perhaps again, he will have to go out on loan with an option to buy somewhere. And, and obviously 
there are certain clubs, Arsenal have been linked. Chelsea just don't want to sell to Arsenal, do they? You, you don't want you don't want to strengthen a rival. Perhaps if 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 someone Aston Villa, where he's previously had a loan spell and he did really well and he's really well liked there, if they were to come in, perhaps Chelsea would would be more inclined to to allow him to go to the West Midlands. But from their standpoint. You know, if Jose Mourinho and Roma really are interested and really do want him and are willing to pay, then that is ideal for Chelsea. Just uh, someone that we mentioned a bit earlier, uh, Frank Lampard, obviously the former Chelsea boss, the, the man that Thomas Tuchel replaced, but uh, he was speaking at an event on Monday uh, saying that he's expecting another huge season for Mason Mount. He's obviously someone that he really loved. Uh, Mason Mount obviously had him at, at Derby before managing him at Chelsea as well. Um, you spoke about where Thomas Tuchel has been using Mason, obviously in a variety of different positions in Chelsea, um, in, in Chelsea's team. But for this season, can he establish himself truly among one of the best young talents in Europe or is he is he someone that you can kind of see just sitting on the periphery he's good but he might not be great I, I think we've been a little bit harsh there to be fair I think he's very very good I think he's he's supremely consistent um, every manager he has had including Gareth Southgate including Thomas Tuchel including Frank Lampard of course they all play him regularly He's one of the first names on the team sheet. He's he's a crucial component for England and now for Chelsea. Um, and I think he gets kind of he gets kind of a bad press because these managers have have always favoured him over others. You know, there was the whole him or Jack Grealish debate before the Euros kind of thing. And, and I think Gareth Southgate dealt very well with that in that actually, you know, he made it clear that actually they're not vying for the same position. You know, they do different things. And, and I think Mount really, really is a, a key player for this Chelsea. I think when when everybody's fit and when Chelsea are picking their first choice eleven, Thomas Tuchel has Mason Mount in it. The role he has him in is is the big question because obviously they've become kind of wedded to this this three four three formation with with two inside forwards playing off off a centre forward, um, and he has been used in that line. When they chase games, he drops back and plays into in a more central midfield role. I think there has to be a decision at some point. What is his? What is his position? What is his best position? Because I, th- I feel as though it's it's playing as the most attacking of a midfield three, but Chelsea don't play that way. So that's why he gets used further forward. Do to- does Thomas Tuchel at some point this season decide we need to win more games and perhaps we swap to to a four three three formation, a four two three one, whatever, and we can get more attacking players in the lineup. Um, but until then, we have to presume that they will continue with the formation that that, that worked so well last season with three centre backs, and and Mason Mount will continue to play in one of those further forward roles because I don't think he'll be playing in centre midfield alongside N'Golo Kante anytime soon. Um, it certainly doesn't seem as though Thomas Tuchel wants to start games with him there. He prefers to have Kante and Jorginho or Matteo Kovacic in there. I think. As you, as you touch on, he's a very good player. I think his output needs to improve a little bit more. He had nine goals in 54 games last season, eight in 53 in his first season at Chelsea. So he is improving, but can he become a 12 to 15 goal a season man? Can he, can he, can he add a similar number in terms of assists? It's, it's those kind of little steps that we need to see Mason Mount take now to, to really say, yes, he is elite. He, he is at the very top level.
It does so happen to be another team in this uh, match tomorrow night. We've spoken exclusively about Chelsea so far, but Villarreal, uh, a really interesting side, Alex, uh, managed by Unai Emery, someone who was ridiculed over here uh, when in charge of Arsenal. Actually, in hindsight, it looks like he might have been doing a, a fairly decent job mm-hmm. considering what's gone on since. Um, but he had a, a tough spell with Arsenal. Before that, he had a difficult spell with Paris Saint-Germain as well. Um, but he's done a fantastic job of rebuilding his reputation after just one season in Spain. His, his stock is very, very high again. Yeah, he is, and, and he kind of got a bad press. I think. I think he still gets a bad press over PSG. As you say, he he won he won the league titles there. He he had no trouble. Yes, they collapsed in Europe, and he will always be linked with with that night in Barcelona and, and that six one game. But you know, on, on the face of it, he he never lost like out in Ligue 1. You know, Mauricio Pochettino last season and and Thomas Tuchel combined, they lost out to Lille for the first time in eight nine years. I think Emery, he's an excellent manager. He's an excellent cup manager, as we have seen in Europa League with Sevilla and now with Villarreal. He can get teams up for that for those one-off occasions, for those two-legged ties. He's he's meticulous in his approach. Um, whether whether that works over a thirty-eight game season hasn't quite been shown. Um, he's done a tremendous job at Villarreal. They they really. You know, you look back to last season's Europa League, and I think when you hit the last 32 or the last 16, nobody was really pointing at them and saying that they they are potent, they are potential winners. You look at them and you think, semi-final chance, certainly quarter-finals, um, but they, they are overachieved. And then you got to the final and you got to that game against Manchester United, and I, I think you asked, you asked nine out of ten people they'd be tipping Man United to win. I, and, and, and rightly so, they were heavy favourites for a reason. But Villarreal did a, did a decent job of containing them and ultimately took the trophy with a penalty shootout win. Unai Emery will not care how this game goes if Villarreal end with the trophy. I know I know we've said that it's it's a, effectively a glamour pre-season game. Not for them, it's not. This, this is perhaps the second biggest game in their history after that Europa League final. And they will want the trophy again and he will want the trophy again. Um, I, I wouldn't say he's on a revenge mission against English teams after how he he was unceremoniously dumped by Arsenal. But you do have to remember that he did lead Arsenal to Europa League final and it's the only Europa League final he lost. And that was against Chelsea and they were absolutely thrashed in Baku. Um, so there's probably a little a little bit there that he would like to put right. And, and certainly Chelsea will have a tough game here because Villarreal will be organised. They will, they will not make it easy, certainly not. And they do have players who can, can hurt you if need be. Um, an interesting line that you flagged to me just before we came on air this morning was was that of uh, Villarreal defender Pau Torres played at Euro 2020, played at the Olympics as well, uh, got to the final in that, wasn't it? No, yep, third place party or final, whatever. No, final, lost no, no one was paying attention to the Olympics football because it's one of those uh, annoying sideshows that I don't know why it's in there, but that's that's a story for another show, I think. Um, but yeah, he's had a very busy summer. He had a very busy season as well, obviously helping Villarreal get to the final of the Europa League as well. Um but he's not going to go on holiday just yet, is he? He's going to play in this game and, and then take his break afterwards. So he's going to miss the start of La Liga instead. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just baffled by it. He's, he's, play, he's played football for 12 months solid. And 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 he, maybe he doesn't even have a, have a break for La Liga season. Maybe he just carries on, you know, <laughs> uh, which which would be utterly ridiculous in itself. He is their best defender. He is... He is an excellent player, as we've seen last season with Villarreal, as we've seen with Spain. Um, 
And for Una Emery, it's a huge boost to have him. He won't, of course, be lacking any match fitness or sharpness because he has been playing so regularly. But how fatigued is he going to be? Uh, you know how and 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 also how long? How long can he continue? How long is he going to be putting himself in in harm's way effectively? Because you, you just you can't play forever. You have to have a rest. And is he is he there? Will he be tired? Is he somebody that Chelsea can target because of that? Um, but certainly, Villarreal will be looking at the positives on this, having their best defender there, having him available. Um, but Ned, I'm just baffled by it. I've seen I've seen Pedri is apparently going to be returning to Barcelona this weekend as well. Just come on, that kid's 19. It, it is bonkers. And and you do have clubs moaning about burnout and then they go and do stuff like this. But I suppose then it does feed into what you said about the fact that this is Villarreal's second biggest game in their history. That, you know, it does show the importance of it that, that rather than, you know, probably for his own mental health and his own physical health, he should be taking a break, but he doesn't want to because he wants to, to help... Look, the yellow think, submarine they're known as, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I, think, I think if he plays this game and then he goes and takes a break, I, I think you say tremendous. But I think if, if this game then revolves into him just carrying on into the new season, not having one at all, then that, then that's that's ridiculous. And they'll they're probably lose out in the long run. He'll probably pick up some sort of muscle yeah. injury at some point and then be out for two, three months that, rather than giving him a two, three That's guaranteed break. if he doesn't go and have a break. It's guaranteed if at some point in the not too distant future you will pick up a muscle injury. I, I, I suppose then as well it kind of raises the question that where we're not too far away from a World Cup, you know, this time next year we're, we're kind of gearing up for that. We're looking ahead to that. Um, that. That because of the situation that we find ourselves in from June 2020 when you know most of the, the big leagues around Europe returned through to you know, probably what the summer of 2023, this, this whole schedule, this whole calendar is going to be utterly relentless on footballers. I know we're here to talk about a yeah. Super Cup final tomorrow night, but it, do, it does raise that interesting question about the kind of the pressures that this is going to put on footballers, the way that the calendar has, you know, unfortunately come together through a, a series of unfortunate events. Yeah. And it doesn't stop either, does it? When you've got, when you've got the likes of Arsene Wenger and numerous other members of FIFA saying that they want a World Cup every two years. Uh, and well, when do you fin- fit that in? When do you fit in your European Championships, Africa Cup of Nations, etc.? There's only so much time that they're around, and and yet it's just more and more and more and more. It just at some point there's going to be a breaking point. It has to stop. Obviously, you you have numerous managers such as Jurgen Klopp, such as Pep Guardiola, who have been outspoken about the fact that teams do need to rest and fixtures cannot continue to come as thick and fast as they do. But uh, at, what po- at what point do, do we just kind of have these conversations and then actual decisions are made and it all settles down? I've just got this image of that whole uh, Mitchell and Webb sketch in my head now. All the football happening all, all the, the time, live now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's our bio on Twitter still, isn't it? Um, but <laughs> just going back to tomorrow night's game, um, in terms of players to look out for for Bruno Royale, potentially, you know, I'm guessing there might be a few people watching the show that, are, that aren't necessarily... Uh, as familiar with Villarreal as probably ourselves actually fall into that category if we're being honest Alex um, but but you know not as familiar with Villarreal as they would be with the Chelsea side but they do have some some good players who've touched already Pau Torres a little bit further back defensively has been linked with Man United throughout the summer doesn't look like that move's going to happen now obviously Rafael Varane going there instead um, but obviously in terms of attacking wise as well they've got Gerardo Moreno um, 
you know, other names that you kind of remember, Paco Alcassasa, I probably got that completely wrong. But oh, it, there are a few names. Thank you. Thank you. You've done Spanish at school, I can tell. Um, but there are names in that squad that, that Chelsea do need to look out for. Yeah, certainly. And as you touched on there, Gerard Moreno is, is front and centre. Um, he actually signed a new contract this week, came out at... Um, I think it was a kind of a farewell party that they had before before heading to Belfast. He came out um, in a mask, very much in the BBC show. The, the is it BBC or ITV? The Mask Singer. Oh, yeah, ITV. Not not that I've ever watched yeah. it at all. No, they, no. they pulled they pulled <laughs> off that they pulled off that kind of thing. Got him on stage and announced he signed a new contract. Um, he's the obvious danger man. Thirty goals last season. Um, he didn't have the best time at the Euros. I think it's fair to say. Um, but he, he's the guy for them. He's he's the he's the main man in attack. He will cause Chelsea problems with his movement. And if, if Chelsea give him a sight of goal anywhere within twenty five yards on his left foot, he he will invariably have a shot. He, he does not mind striking the ball from distance, and he gets in in that six yard box for the tappings. So they'll need to be on their guard to watch him. They will need to keep tight. Um, Francis Coquelin in midfield, you know, old favourite from Arsenal, very versatile. Loves a tackle. He'll be there. I think Danny Parejo, you know, I remember watching Danny Parejo 10, 12 years ago when he was on loan at QPR. And the rise that he has had has been remarkable because he looked a talented player, but you never thought that he was going to really kick on and be a top-level European player. Um, but he has, and and he really dictates games. Um, he's been an injury worry ahead of this, so if he's not available that's going to be problematic for them. They will certainly hope that he's there because he makes them tick with his passing range and his ability to move teams left and right. Um, Moy Gomez is available, very quick, very good player. One player to watch is Fernino, who has come under fire in recent days for uh, the challenge on Wesley Fafana in a friendly against Leicester, which has effectively ended Fafana's um, 2021 He's got a broken leg and hopefully will be back in the new year. Um, and and Fernino will probably see some minutes off the bench here. Um, you know, it, it was a it was a poor challenge. Um, he actually scored afterwards in that game, which I don't think sat well with the Leicester fans at all. Um, but he will be one to watch because he he's eager to impress there. Um, he's only twenty. He was used as a substitute a lot last season, but he's eager to impress and get more minutes. So if he gets an opportunity, he'll be looking to take that. Um, as ever with these shows, we have had uh, plenty of comments coming in, but one does kind of uh, pick my eye partially because it leads us onto a great way to end uh, today's show. Uh, comment from Ajuku, uh, he says, well, he's given us his prediction, really, uh, believing that Chelsea are going to win tomorrow night's game 2-1. So, of course, Alex, you know what comes next. How do you see the game going in Belfast? I think they are, they are certainly favourites and you have to expect that Chelsea should have enough to win this game, even with a number of players not being there and not being available. Um, I, I don't think the likes of Thiago Silva, Mason Mount will be will be featuring at all. They're not in their travelling party. Romelu Lukaku could feature if they get his deal done by eleven o'clock tonight, um, and then they can add him to the squad and, and he can play if they choose to. Um, they they are favourites, and I, you have to say that Chelsea get you know something like two nil, two one. They do. They should be the better team, and and with the Premier League season beginning at the weekend they will be bang up for it. But Villarreal, you know, you can't discount them. They're, they're, this is their last game before La Liga starts. Unai Emery will have them organised. We'll, we'll have a game plan. Um, 
And as we saw in Europa League final yet again, Unai Emery does game plans very, very well on one-off occasions. So it'll be an interesting tie. It'll be interesting to see how Chelsea line up. Does Thomas Tuchel stick with that back three? Will he be changing things up and trying to be more adventurous, trying to get more attacking players in his lineup? Um, but I think I have to go with a Chelsea win here. I, I just think they will be that little bit too strong. And Thomas Tuchel has so many players who will be getting the opportunity to impress here. And, and these players know there's no room for error in games at Chelsea anymore. You have to go out every game and be bang on it because somebody else will take your place. The squad is so strong. Alex, thanks for joining us this morning. I'm sure we're both looking forward to uh, what should be an interesting uh, game, a very, a very tactical game. I think I can see it going in Belfast uh, tomorrow night. Of course, don't forget, guys, that you can keep up to date uh, with all the build-up ahead of the UEFA Super Cup across the Mirror, across the Express and across the Daily Star as well. Uh, and for that matter as well, football.london, I'm sure we'll have plenty of coverage of the game. And of course, you can always check back afterwards uh, for all the post-match reaction too. Uh, thanks for watching and it's bye for now. 